Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. How does a little 13-year-old girl vanish? And nobody seems to know where she is, where she was, nothing. How can that be? I know where my two 13-year-olds are right now. I guarantee you I know where they are. So how come nobody knows where little Delia is? She just dropped off the map in Gainesville, Florida. See. I don't believe that. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Again, so girls being reported as missing. According to the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, 13-year-old Delilah Young was last seen in the area of Northwest 142nd Avenue in Gainesville Saturday morning. Deputies say she does not have a cell phone and she was wearing blue pajamas with white stars. So we know what pajamas she had on, but we don't know where she is. That doesn't make sense to me. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know so far. First of all, joining me out of Pennsylvania, high-profile lawyer Matthew Mangino, former elected district attorney, multiple terms, now defense attorney, author of The Executioner's Toll. Catch this. The crimes, arrests, trials, appeals, last meals, and final words of 46 people in the U.S. You can find him at mattmangino.com. Renowned psychologist joining us out of the Birmingham jurisdiction, Professor UAB, has his own blog, Psychology Today, Dr. Alan Blotke, clinical psychologist, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, joining me out of Travis County, Austin, Dr. Kendall Crowns. Now listen to this. Professor, University of Texas, adjunct, University of Texas, and at Texas A&M Medical School. It goes on and on and on with Dr. Kendall Crowns. Investigator Dan Scott, former L.A. County Sheriff's Sergeant, 
33 years on the force, 26 years with SVU. But first, let me go out to two special guests. Daphne Young joining me, the National Chief Communication Officer at ChildHelp.org. She's currently working on legislation to extend the statute of limitations to help children and sex victims have longer to prosecute their cases. And she's working on going after enablers and bystanders that stand by and let child abuse, child molestation just happen. And so many times we're stuck saying, well, it's not a crime. Well, maybe it should be. That's what Daphne Young is working on. To you, Dylan Lyon, anchor and reporter, WCJB-TV 20. Dylan can be found at Dylan C. Lyons and on Twitter, Dylan Lyons News. That's a mouthful, Dylan Lyons, and I'd love to keep talking about you and your illustrious career, but let's talk about this little girl. Where was she last seen alive? That question remains unknown at this point. What we do know wait, is... Wait, 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 Dylan, hold on, hold on. Let everybody allow that to sink in. Nobody can tell me the last time this child was even seen alive. What about mommy, daddy, grandma, auntie, sister, teacher? The, nobody can tell me the last time she's seen alive. I know the last time I saw my children. Let's see here. It was about an hour ago when I dropped them at Vacation Bible School where they are counselors. So how can nobody know when she was last seen alive? Family members say it was Saturday. Police report says it was a Sunday. There's no coherency in terms of the last day she was found or when she was reported missing. It was May 15th, May 14th, May 16th. We don't we don't know for sure at what point she actually went missing. Well, okay, Matthew Mangina, I'm sure you're going to disagree with me as the veteran defense attorney that you are, but I would get every one of those guardians, the mommy, the daddy, the auntie, the grandma, every one of them need to be brought right down to the police station in handcuffs if necessary on child neglect. If you don't know where your child is, you are committing a crime. It's called child neglect. Bam, there. What about that, Mangino? Well, I, I don't know if I'm going to take them in handcuffs to the police station, but that's the first place I'm going to go. Um, you know, your 13-year-old uh, last seen in her pajamas all of a sudden disappears without a trace. I'm going directly to, to the home. I, I want to know uh, what the circumstances were. I want to know when when she was last um seen by uh, the people in her home, her guardian, her aunt, whoever whoever is there, uh, what she was planning, what she was doing, what she was talking about. Uh, I, I want to know the whole story, and I want to know it immediately because time is of the essence. If we have a 13-year-old that disappeared, we're working against the clock, and we need to get something done immediately. Uh, I'd like a tiny bit of what you just said with the immediacy, but I find it very hard to believe police didn't go straight to the home and can't get a straight answer. But part of what you said, I believe, is dead on to Daphne Young. Here's the part that I don't like about what he just said. Why are parents, mommy, daddy, aunt, grandma, whoever's in that home, 
Why aren't they in handcuffs? Why is it that when a child is the victim, somehow it's it's not as bad of a crime? And I saw this Daphne Young joining me, the chief communication officer for the nation for childhelp.org. I, I, I strongly advise you to go to their website, childhelp.org. I saw it over and over, Daphne. You and I have discussed this. As a felony prosecutor for 10 years, a fed for three years before that, I saw it over and over and over when the homicide victim is a baby. Oh, mommy must have had, uh, you know, postpartum depression or daddy got mad because baby was crying. It wouldn't stop. So that none of that justifies a murder. And very often, well, very often, I would see those offenders get the kid glove treatment that Matthew Mangino, joining me out of Pennsylvania, is talking about. Why are they better than the other criminals? The child is gone because of them, because they're not doing their job. What's wrong with a pair of handcuffs and getting all down to the police station? Well, Nancy, if you look at the police report, everything could be explained away by her guardian. William says the child was last seen playing on the floor with her computer with the screen up and the lights going. And, you know, there's no problem. And by the way, Nancy, did you realize she ran away a lot? You know, this was obviously a problem child. So what you have immediately in that statement are two very self serving comments. This is a runaway child, perhaps a problem child. And she was last seen doing something innocuous that any of our children might be doing, looking at a computer or doing something or reading a book before bed, as if to indicate when I, you know, closed the door at night, all was well until you start to backtrack and look at the story. Well, I don't believe uh, that she's a problem child. Absolutely not. I think she's a child with problems. And I think I know where the problems originate, let me just say that the the fish stinks at the head. Absolutely. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. You get different answers from different people depending on who you talk to as to where she is. But that, you know, I've never accused you, Daphne Young, of evading my question. But my question is, why are guardians, parents, grandmas, so forth, that inflict either harm or neglect the child, why are they treated differently? I don't know because the child has the absolute least power in the world to, to receive any form of advocacy. And, you know, everyone is so careful tiptoeing. And now, if a parent is an innocent parent and there's no history, no records of problems, and they may be the victim of, of a criminal or crime, I understand gentle treatment. But when we uh, so often see these parents uh, with histories of CPS reports, with histories of calls to the police, with all kinds of problems, and it's still this very cautious, gentle treatment, uh, the child certainly doesn't get that treatment after hours or when those authorities leave. And it is terrifying to those of us who then do the intake on those children and see the aftermath of welts and bruises and battering that occurs because, you know, there was soft treatment and everybody stepped away or they took a cursory glance of a home and said, not too bad, despite trash and, and um, you know, paraphernalia out. It, it, it is shocking. And I think it's because, uh, to be honest, children are powerless. They can't fight back. And so these adult abusers who uh, harm these children do fight back and they do become problems and they do lie. And um, I, I, I sometimes don't know whether it's people don't want to believe it because it's so horrific or whether they believe it and understand it. And, you know, talking about apathy and bystanders and they just don't know how to take that next step or don't care to. And children are dying five a day. Well, I think everybody knows how to dial 911. I think everybody knows that. My children knew it at age two. You were earlier hearing Paige Beck, WCJB TV 20. Now take a listen to our friends at WKMG TV 6. Investigators are looking for a 13-year-old girl who disappeared from an Alachua County neighborhood a week ago. 13-year-old Delia Young hasn't been seen since last Friday. At the time, she was wearing blue pajamas and carrying a pink purse just north of Gainesville. Young is four foot two and weighs about 75 pounds. Anyone who sees her is urged to call 911. Right there, that's inconsistent. Listen carefully what our friend Bridget Ellison is saying. And this is according to an official law enforcement report. Last seen, Dan Scott, you're the former L.A. County Sheriff Sergeant. Last seen in pajamas and carrying a pink purse. No. You're not sitting in your room with the laptop open, cross-legged on the floor of the bed, and suddenly you're walking around outside with a pink purse. No, that's inconsistent. So where was she last seen, and why don't the parents know? Exactly. That is not a runaway when you're wearing pink pajamas. Oh, good point. But back to your other question, I've been asking that for years. Why aren't child abuse cases treated like every other crime. And I think it was hit on by some of your other guests that we don't want to believe that someone could do this stuff to a child. And we've got this mental block that we as a society have to get over because child abuse is a crime and the parents and the whoever's committing these crimes need to be treated 
like any other criminal. Whether you beat somebody up in a bar, this is much worse to be beating a child that has no defenses, especially, you know, when they're extremely young. Nancy, if, if I could interject just for a second, though. And, and Go ahead, Matt. Certainly, you know, I appreciate that, that, that children are vulnerable, but I think we need to put the brakes on just for a second. We, we have a missing persons report, and we're going to, you know, the, the police are going to want to investigate this. They're going to want to talk to the people in the home. Uh, but I don't think that, that you get as good of information as if you, if you go there in every missing person's case, you handcuff the people and bring them down to the police station to talk to them. Yeah. I didn't say every case. I said where the parents have no idea where the child was, is, last time seen, were they at the mall, were they out in the yard, were they in their room on the computer? They have no idea because they were neglectful. Right, but they do have an idea, whether it's whether it's made up, but whether it's a story, at, at initially, the police have to investigate that. She's she's last seen in her pajamas on a computer. She, The report says she has a pink purse and she's walking through the neighborhood. Well, you know, let's Let's investigate. Let's continue to investigate, and let's do it as quickly as possible. Okay, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along with you, Matthew. I'm going to go along with defense attorney Matthew Mangino for a few moments. Okay, let's just go down that road. I want to ask um, Dr. Alan Blotke joining me, clinical psychologist joining me out of Birmingham. I find it very interesting when the child is missing, the first thing out of the family's mouth is she's a problem child i don't like that that rubs me the wrong way i mean the whole thing smells from the beginning of a cover-up i mean there's nothing about what they're telling uh, you that telling us that makes sense there's not a 13 year old girl, girl in pajamas walking around with a pink purse the odds of that are so low yeah like like dan scott just said She's not going to run away in her pajamas. I don't. And the first thing they say is she's a problem. Why is it the first thing? Oh my stars in heaven, please help me! I got to find her. Where is she? And and helping. And you know another thing. This strikes me. Ah, Doctor Kendall Crowns. She's thirteen, but she's four two, and she weighs seventy five pounds. Is that normal? Yeah, she seems really kind of small for her age and underweight. So to me, it it kind of goes along with uh, the overall neglect picture that she's probably not getting fed appropriately and, and, and treated right. And you also go along with you as well. Running off like that, I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen murdered children for years, and it's, they always have a good story to cover up for what they did. Daphne, is that you? I was going to say, yeah, a child help, we call a little child like that failure to thrive. That is a classic symptom of neglect. And when I looked at pictures of her beautiful braids and she's posing and she looks like she's in a better state. Later, I see her hair shorn. It almost looks like it's falling out. That's another symptom. Uh, She just appears really bony and malnourished. And, uh, you know, when you hear a story from the parents, yes, we're going to give parents of a missing child the benefit of the doubt and caregivers until we start to maybe run their last name and realize that maybe there's four years of CPS reports from teachers, et cetera, et cetera. Like part two is within minutes, you can find out that this is not a problem child. This is a problem 
household. Guys, take a listen to Paige Beck, WCJB TV 20. It's now been nine days since Delia Young was last seen. The sheriff's office is asking people to speak up if they know something. We can find her safe and sound, so if the public has seen her, um, even if you're not sure, we'd rather follow up on every lead um, than potentially miss something where we could locate her in a timely manner. And any information on Delia's whereabouts can be reported to the Combined Communications Center at the Sheriff's Office. Straight back to Dylan Lyons, anchor reporter, WCJB, that's TV 20 News. Dylan, again, thank you for being with us up. Uh, I believe you were mentioning about how long it took them to report her missing. That's right. And, you know, not only did was it crickets, we, we didn't hear anything from family. You know, generally, we get calls every day. We get messages to our Facebook page if there's missing family members saying, can you put this out there? There was never that cry for help. You know, Dylan Lyons, WCJB-TV20, hold your horses. You said that typically you get emails, Facebook, uh, barraged by the family. So I guess Delia's family went on your uh, WCJB begging for help, holding up pictures, uh, holding up her favorite doll. I guess they put up a command post trying to find her made tearful pleas, went on Facebook, Insta, Twitter. What was their response when Delia goes missing? It was crickets. I was making all the efforts to communicate with family members, trying to get family members to go on camera to plea for help, to try to find this missing 13-year-old who, who seemed to be that perfect child that everyone depicted and, uh, you know, was unfortunately missing doesn't know where she is and no family members were willing to go on camera it was pushed back a day it was pushed back another day it was always they had something to do and they couldn't do it that day from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we were talking about a missing girl. She's only 4'2", and she weighs 75 pounds. Delia Young in the Gainesville area. I want to circle back to Dylan Lyons joining me from WCJB TV 20. Dylan, you were telling me you kept trying to get the family to come on air and give a public plea, share pictures of Delia, anything to find her, and they kept saying they were too busy? It was one person, Marion Williams, that I was, in communication with i received her number from the sheriff's office but she wasn't able to ever do it at a certain time or a certain place and when i had an interview scheduled with her there were crickets no show take a listen to our friend Paige Beck and our new friend Dylan Lyons, WCJB TV 20. Breaking news right now. Alachua County Sheriff's deputies are exercising a search warrant for the home where missing 13-year-old Delia Young lived. Right now, Alachua County Sheriff's deputies are searching the home behind me. This is one of multiple properties that Sheriff's deputies obtained a search warrant for just moments ago. Now, tonight, a spokesperson for the Alachua County Sheriff's Office told TV 20 exclusively that they do not have a single person of interest in this case, but deputies are focused on multiple properties, including this one here north of Gainesville, where the 13-year-old lived. Out to Matthew Mangina, renowned criminal defense attorney in Pennsylvania, former elected district attorney, now defense attorney and author of the Executioner's Toll. Matthew Mangino, as much as I would like to grab that and run with it, the reality is the first place you should look when a child goes missing is the home. I mean, think about JonBenet Ramsey. The one room that the parents didn't search, and there's the body. You have to look in the home first. If this is a kidnap, there may be fingerprints. There may be some evidence of sorts in the home that could reveal the identity of the kidnapper. If it's a runaway, you'd expect to find some clothes, maybe a backpack, a cell phone missing. You have to look at entry exits. You have to look at the windows. Was a window screen cut from the inside or the outside? Was it broken from the inside or the outside? Just a lot you look at. So the search of the home where the child was before they disappear does not indicate the family's at fault. That's SOP, standard operating procedure. Right. There's no question. I mean, you have to act with urgency when there's a missing child because uh, time is of the essence. The quicker that you can you can begin to to figure out what happened, uh, the the more likely you are to 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 have. Uh, this child located if that's in fact uh you know what you have a, a runaway or someone who's been uh, abducted uh, but not only checking the house i mean you need to immediately talk to the caregivers the aunts the family members and you need to do that by separating them and make sure that their stories are consistent and and if they're not consistent and if you know things you know that that put up your antennas, you know, such as, uh, you know, inconsistent statements or or unlikely scenarios that, that a 13-year-old in her pajamas with a pink purse is going to walk out of the house and run off uh, with some boys. That begins to, to, to pique your interest, and you want to follow up on those things. You also have to do the background. You know, what do we know about the caregivers? What do we know about the guardian? What do, you, what do we know about the aunt? What do we know about this child's history? you got to go directly to the school and find out what you can and find out from her friends what you can. This investigation, especially with a missing person, has to be very 
expansive and has to be very quick. And I think as you go through that process, you begin to understand, hey, these things aren't adding up. These stories aren't consistent. What we know is not consistent with what they're telling us. Well, I hear what you're saying, but I still have a little problem with what Dylan Lyons just said. Pursuant to search warrant. They searched the home pursuant to search warrant. Why didn't the parents just, the, the, it's the aunt. Why didn't she just let them in? Why did they have to go get a search warrant? I don't like that one bit. Cops had to go get a search warrant for her to let them in the home. That's why you get a search warrant. Because either you don't get permission or you don't think you're going to get permission. But that wasn't the end of it. Take a listen to our cut five. We had searched it previously and in due diligence, we are searching it again uh, just to make sure that we haven't missed anything. Lieutenant Beal says they want to search the property again because as they discover new details, they're going to focus on different areas. Anytime you're doing an initial investigation and you don't have a lot of information to go on, you don't always know everything that you might possibly be looking for. And then after you've had time to gather evidence and interview people and get more information, then sometimes you have a better idea of some things that you should be focusing on. Now, neighbors told me off camera that they saw Young once or twice and that the area is quiet. They say one time they saw multiple children playing in a pool in the front yard of the home. OK, I got a problem with that, too. I seem to have a lot of problems with this story and what I'm hearing. The neighbors hardly ever saw Delia Young. Why not? Our neighbors see our children all the time with us walking the dog, going for bike rides out and about. They can hear the basketball bouncing up and down outside, hear us playing in the yard on the trampoline. Why don't the neighbors see or hear Delia? Well, what about it, Blocky? Doesn't that ring a red bell of alarm in your mind? Of course. Everything we've talked about is a huge red flag. And, and again, time is of the essence. And all these red flags are screaming or screaming, and um, it's just so obvious from the very beginning that uh, this is going to have a bad outcome. Let me ask you something. Dylan Lyons, uh, WCJB TV 20, at the time, was she, Delia, still virtual schooling? She was. She was in virtual school this year. Uh, previous year, she was in a school setting. That's a big problem because if there was anything wrong with her, the teachers and the principal and the teacher helper, the lunchroom lady, none of them are seeing any signs of problems. One of the first child molestations I took to trial, I pulled up a similar transaction 20, more than 20 years before, where another now grown victim of the same molester came to school with a swollen lip and a black eye. She had been molested. Nothing was done. My point is, teachers see this and are supposed to report it, but then take a listen to Delia's step-grandma. Take a listen. Where is she? If anybody knows anything, please come out. Please let, let the authorities know that this young lady is missing, this baby is missing. You know, I don't know what's going on, but God keeps speaking to me, and he keeps telling me she's gone. Well, I find it very curious that the family had no idea 
something was very, very wrong. Uh, take a listen to CBS4 News Landon here. Are. According to a sheriff's office arrest report, the call came in on May 16th. 13 year old Dalia Young was reported missing from this house by her aunt, Valerie Young. Told that a child had possibly run away and that she had been gone since May the 15th. According to the arrest report, Marion Williams showed up to the sheriff's office Wednesday and told detectives she knew what happened to Dalia. They say she pointed the blame at her sister, Valerie. Disclosed to detectives in her interview that she witnessed uh, Valerie Young beating uh, Delia Young. Now we finally have a break. A witness comes forward, Valerie Young reportedly beating the little girl. Valerie Young is the victim's aunt and Marion Williams. The two are sisters. So now they're apparently pointing the finger at each other, but at least it's a break of some sort, Dylan Lyons. Yeah, and we were told that Marion Williams was the legal guardian of Delia, but the time that Marion Williams went to the sheriff's office to confess or give some point as to which way Delia's body or where her body may be, that's when she was supposed to be talking to me. We have that interview set up at the exact same time she was at the sheriff's office confessing what she knew. Confessing that she saw the child being beaten, but it goes beyond that. Take a listen to Landon Herrar. Report says Young used an electrical cord to beat her niece at this house. Marion Williams saw the girl was hurt and offered to take her to the hospital, but the teen refused. Williams left her in her room, and that's the last time detectives say she was seen alive. We saw her on Delia Young on the computer and the floor of her room, uh, you know, messing with the computer. And then but, then, but after they went to bed the next morning, she said she found her deceased. Deceased? Then where's the body? And why all this drama reporting her missing? Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. 
Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Straight out to Dr. Kendall Crown's Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Travis County, uh, Professor, Texas A&M Medical School, University of Texas Adjunct, it goes on and on. Dr. Kendall Crowns, why do perps choose an electrical cord? I see it over and over to beat children. Is it because the plug-in acts like a kind of a cat of nine tail? Yeah, you know, that's part of it. The plug-in is a little more weighted, so you can get more of a damage by hitting someone with it, causing a, inflicting a, a fair bit more pain. It's also a convenient, you know, plugs are usually around the house or extension cords and you can loop them and whip people that way or you can use the female or male end plug-ins to hit people harder with. Uh, and you can also switch up and then strangle them with it as well. So uh, an extension cord is a kind of a multi-tool for the uh, child beaters. And it's also when you, I'm sorry to break in, but it's also whatever happened to you as a child, you tend to use the same weapons. Children that were beat with a belt. Don't care. Don't, don't, don't start with me, Dan Scott, about what happened to the abuser when they were a child. I'm sorry that happened, but that is no excuse. Oh, I'm not making excuses for him at all. But they tend to use the same weapons that were used on them. Dr. Kendall Crowns, when you were describing an electrical cord being a preferred weapon of child beaters just kind of rolled off your tongue i mean i couldn't help but think of one of my children being beaten by somebody with an electrical cord and it wrapping around their legs and cutting their legs or their back and i mean dr kendall crowns how many child homicides if you had to estimate, I mean, you've done thousands of autopsies. How many child homicides have you cut, have you autopsied? Oh, uh, over the 20 years I've been doing this, uh, probably two or three a year. So 60, 70, somewhere in there. How does that affect you to perform a child autopsy versus an adult? Well, so to me, all cases are tragic, but, you know, kids are specific especially tragic it's sad to see a child beaten or, or killed or stabbed or whatever what have you because i always think that there's plenty of people out there that were unable to have children and they would love to adopt that child and raise them and love them and take care of them so it's to me it's a, a particular tragedy because a child really can't protect themselves and then in another situation there would be a parent that would love them so it's I always think it's particularly sad when a child dies. Daphne Young, do you just still to this day die a little on the inside when you hear a story like this? Little Delia getting beaten with an electrical cord and then she goes and hides in her in her bedroom and hops on her computer, I guess, to try to put her mind in a different place if that is is even what happened every single time and the first time i don't i need to turn in my resignation uh, i think you know we have to compartmentalize to some degree to get the job done 
But if you don't feel and if these stories don't still impact your heart, you know, I've been working with Sarah and Yvonne from Child Help, our founders, for, they've been doing it for 62 years. They still cry when we talk about a new child or an entry or a child that comes into one of our programs covered in welts like this. Um, you know, it, our heart breaks. And right now during this pandemic, we've been so frightened. Just as you described, isolation is an abuser's best friend. So this child, this sweet little girl was kept away from the teachers and people that were desperately trying to advocate for her. And she was alone doing remote learning like so many of these kids that are suffering in the shadows of abuse during the pandemic. And I think when the world opens up again, and the heroes and the teachers and the nurses and folks that usually step up for kids as mandated reporters see they're going to see the welts or the scars or the bruises or um, a hair torn out. They're going to see these kids that have been brutalized uh, during this time. Just just to think about the world she lived in and at home with these two hateful aunts that beat her and abused her and she this little four two seventy five pound little girl that was where she had to live every day and every night and then a shock take a listen to cbs4 the report states both sisters then came up with a plan to get rid of the body by hiding it in a pink tote bag and taking it to a separate location. According to the arrest report, Marion Williams told investigators that her and her sister took the body of Dalia Young down this road to a home Williams owns. She said only her and her sister had keys. They then left the body in a bedroom still in that pink tote. Williams then told investigators she came back the next day and saw that the pink tote was outside. But Delia Young's body was nowhere to be found, and she doesn't know where it is. Marion Williams was arrested yesterday on charges of manslaughter, child neglect, and destroying evidence. Valerie Young was arrested today on similar charges as well as aggravated child abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, have you ever noticed, and let me go to you, uh, psychologist Dr. Alan Blotke, when criminals start telling their stories, they might use one or two pieces of actual truth, and here we see the pink t tote bag. Remember at the beginning, there was, there was a report, I guess originating from them, that she had on her PJs and had a pink tote or a pink pocketbook? Yeah, when they tried to dispose of her body. Uh... What what a horrible end to the story. I mean, I, I just wanted to make one other comment. When when they when when Marion reported that Delia refused to get medical care, come on, are you kidding? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Lie after lie after lie. Right, right. For for every truth, there were five lies. Now take a listen to Marion Williams crying. That was Marion Williams making yeah, her first court it. appearance. I don't want to hear her crying, carrying on. Now she's crying. She wasn't crying when this child was being murdered. The body ultimately was found. Uh, let me go out to you. Dylan Lyons, where was little Delia found? It was found off one of the county roads in Alachua County here, not far from the homes that 
Marion Williams and Valerie Young allegedly lived in. And it was just apparently what we're hearing dumped in a tree. To you, Dr. Kendall Crowns, Chief Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Travis County, Austin. How will that affect determining cause of death? It was three weeks in the elements before Delia was found. So depending on how much the body is decomposed, uh, it can uh, obscure injuries, uh, hemorrhaging, uh, things of that nature. But what it can obscure is fractures. Uh, as long as there's still skeletal remains, you can still find the fractures, the skulls, the ribs, the long bones, etc. But uh, as the body decomposes more and more, the internal injuries, like uh, damages to the organs, will, will be obscured by decomposition. So the further out you get, the less you're going to be able to tell with the tissue injuries, but we'll always be able to determine injuries based on the skeletal system. What's the, the very latest on these two demons from hell? Take a listen. The grand jury determined there was enough evidence to charge the sisters accused of killing 13-year-old Delia Young. Marion Williams and Valerie Young are now both indicted on charges of first-degree murder, child neglect, giving a false report, and resisting arrest. Delia was reported missing in May. Her body was found later discarded in a field. Williams, her guardian, was arrested after confessing to police that Delia was dead and then accusing her sister Valerie of beating the girl. No bond was issued. Sometimes I feel like there is no justice. And I pray to God I'm wrong. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. 
Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. 